Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Off Day Podcast Give me a chest <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right, this yeah, microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mister Dot Commer on weei.com. Podcast. Uh, this is a supposedly a preview podcast of the Patriots Broncos game, but I don't know how much previewing of the game will actually be doing. Uh, with a lot of COVID stuff going on, and quite frankly, the Broncos stink. Uh, yes, and we don't know who the quarterback for either team in the game will be, so it's really hard to do a matchup when you don't have uh, quarterbacks to start with. Plus, who cares? People care more about COVID-19, Stefan Gilmore, Cam Newton, and all the other stuff that has nothing to do with what will happen on Monday night. Yes, so I guess we'll start there. The game is re- rescheduled from Sunday afternoon to Monday night. Uh, Patriots are still not in the Gillette Stadium facility as of Friday. The hope is to get back on Saturday. Um, good news is no COVID positive test for two straight days, but Tom Pelissero said that they're not out of the woods yet because there are a couple of players, multiple players of high risk contact through contact tracing of Gilmore. Yes. And I mean, so much of it, I know, like <laughs> theoretical, like if you believe, um, like I saw the, the Myron Roll interview, the former that we've talked yeah. a little bit about, and he goes with 11 days potentially as the incubation period. So if it's 11 days, you're not even out of the Cam Newton woods yet, never mind the Stephon Gilmore woods or the Bill right. Murray woods or, or any of that. But, I mean, it's certainly the more negative tests you have, the more days of negative tests you have, the better. Uh, I, you know, I just posted a column on our website. I do think they should play Monday, assuming they don't have any more positive tests. Like, there, it's a lot more – feasible or responsible in my mind to play this Monday than it was to play last Monday on the road. You don't have to travel and And there's more days between positive tests. Right. Like there's a basically not a full week, but a full football week more of time. Like you found out last week after Friday into Saturday, this time you found out before you really even started your practice week on Wednesday. So it makes like, if you're not going to play this type of game, then you probably shouldn't have started the season. That's how I would look at it. Like, this is the type of game where you said, 
okay, I need to tweak it. I need to move to Monday. I need to be smart with Gilmore and any of Which his. Which I think, honestly, they only moved it to Monday because the Patriots didn't practice this week. Right. No, but that's what I mean. Like, this, yeah. this is the type of flexibility and measured risk you, you, needed, you were going to need to take at some point this yeah. year. Forget about the Titans thing. That's, that's a whole different ball of wax. But when you said, okay, report to training camp. We're going to do X, Y, Z. You knew these types of games where eh, we're not 100% sure, but we feel okay based on time and testing and the home team, not the road team, like the Falcons were when they had the A.J. Terrell issue. Right. I mean, I know the the one Broncos guy was bitching about, like, they get screwed on a short week, but, like... I mean, they're coming off a long week, so, like... Right. And no one's going to get more screwed than... The, right. No one's getting more screwed than the Patriots last Monday. Like you went on the road day of a game, like all of that. There's going to be these days. Now I know sort of like all the big picture theoretical questions everybody's talking about are, you know, canceling games and, and forfeitures and extra weeks and all that. But for the here and for the now, you moved a game back a day. You're clearly now used to, and I think everybody like, the networks, the, the officials, like everybody now has to be used to, well, you might have a game on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. Like it's just, it's good for, it's good for fans. Like your your football fans have NFL games, Thursday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, two games on, on Monday. So like, I think it's a good, it's a good problem to have in a way. And for people like me who hate late starts, the coronavirus world has been awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Like all those Celtics games that started at six thirty for playoff games. Now you get a Patriots Monday night game that starts at five o'clock in the afternoon. Which there was some initial confusion as to whether originally it was five Central time, five Eastern, but it is actually a five o'clock start at Gillette Stadium. Love it. Well, I'll be on the radio, which is not ideal, but um, other than that, I love the idea of a Monday night game being done by like eight ten, eight fifteen. Yeah, I, I do not like the Monday night game when I first saw that, but then when I found out it was at five o'clock, it's more. It's more – you can deal with it more. It's like going to your son's Little League game. Oh, we kick off at 5 and we're done by 8. Like, let's, let's go. Right. Instead of getting home at 2 o'clock in the morning, it'll be more like, you know, 10 or 11. Right. Maybe, maybe 12. Whatever. Whatever. Not, not, none of these late nights like we're used to with these night games. Right. Um, now, the, the big question – well, first of all, I still laugh at the fact that the Patriots have two positive tests and then whatever Bill Murray is. Um, yeah, he kind of gets not screwed, but like no one's talking about him. Right. Nor should they be because it's the superstar quarterback and the defensive player of the year. Like right. they go big or they go home is, is the way I look at it. Like it's never, it's never quiet or simple with the Patriots. Like it's no. not, oh, well, we'll just sit our fourth state. Like Joan Williams tested positive. We'll put him on the list. Like right. it's going to be Stefan Gilmore and Cam Newton. Um, in light of that, I would like to ask the question. So, the NFL reconfigured its protocols this week. I guess I would use the word like. I guess. I um, yep. So they removed the five-day thing. Yep. For asymptomatic players. Yes, for asymptomatic. Which, again, I I don't know how much you trust people. How much there's actually like oversight in that? Like, do you just say everybody? Nope, nope. They're all asymptomatic. Right. But it used to be, or originally the the idea was five days and then two negative tests. Yep. Now it's two negative tests or 10 days total. Yep. So 
Cam Newton tested positive on him. And, and also there's the caveat, it has to be approved by the doctor in the NFL. So, like, th- there has to be approval there. You can't just say, oh, 10 days have passed, you're playing. And I assume they wouldn't, if a guy still tested positive, they wouldn't play him, even if it was 10 days, right? No, I think, I think yes. Even though it doesn't, it doesn't really read that way? You're right. It doesn't read that way, but I think that's where they get the, out with the doctor. Because – Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday is actually is ten days. Right. So theoretically, he could pl- Cam Newton could play Monday night, even without two negative tests. Right. Like I would hope they would at least say, okay, you took a test Monday morning, it came back negative. It's been ten days, so we're going to let you play even though you don't have the second test. Right. Yes, but. If that scenario is in play, or who knows, he could have been tested, you know, today, tomorrow, and those tests are negative too. But he, he hasn't, I mean, he, he hasn't officially come off the list, so it's not like we know for sure he has two positive, uh, negative tests. Yes. yes. Um, okay. And then, so, and the same with Gilmore. If he tested positive on Tuesday, but today's Friday, tomorrow's Saturday, he has two negative tests, he can play. I mean, hypothetically, the way the rules are written, he could test negative Wednesday and Thursday. Right, right. Practice Friday. Like, you know? Okay. So both are theoretically in play for Mondays? And with the game being moved to Sunday, I mean, Monday, if Newton is fine, I think he's playing. Oh, I've said this before. If he runs on the field at halftime with a negative test, I play him. Uh, No matter what. Fourth quarter, last drive. Yeah. Remember when Jerry Glanville used to leave yeah. tickets for Elvis at games? I would leave a helmet for Cam Newton at all times. I would have an open roster spot so he can play. He would not be inactive. I would, I'm telling you, I would play him no matter what. Yeah, so I think that that's the – I think there's a greater than 50% chance that Newton plays Monday night. Ooh, hot take. There's our uh, off-day podcast, Colin. Hannibal, greater than 50% chance that Newton plays. I'm not quite as optimistic. No? No. There's just a lot in the air, and I don't know. Like, Bill Belichick's approach to all this, I find interesting. Let's get into that. Okay. Um, a, I think he takes it very seriously. I think he does too. Like, I think from afar, people would be like, Belichick plays no matter what. He doesn't care right. about viruses. Right. That's not the vibe I've gotten through this whole process. No, even from like the mask wearing. Like, he's like he's not one of the coaches that are you know doing the half-ass way of doing it. He right. wore a double mask because he said that's what the league said on the conference call. He's been wearing them on his Zoom calls. Like, he's, he's taking it seriously. Yeah, and he should. He's in an elevated risk category at 68, 69, whatever he is now. Almost 70. Almost 70 years old. He's, but I just think also he is taking it seriously for whatever reason. He, it sort of flies in the face, I think, of what people would have maybe assumed or presumed yes. with him, the way some of the other coaches that are kind of hardos and football-first right. guys are treating it. Um, but he also, I think he's kind of made it not abundantly clear, but semi-clear, semi-transparent that he's annoyed through this situation and the way the league is handling it. And the, I would say that's accurate. He, like he didn't, he didn't come out and say on the when he spoke Thursday on the conference call, like you know, the, I'm frustrated with the league. Like he's kept saying, like, you have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. We all have a lot of questions. Like, that's his way of saying, like, what are we doing? Right. And I said to you, I think, in one of our off-air conversations about, like, he, I think Bill Belichick hates um, 
ineptitude or people that can't do their jobs. Like he, he works so hard to do his, to be prepared, to prepare his team, to be the coach that when he has to rely on other, you know, experts and geniuses and, and then he feels like they're not carrying their share of the weight or doing what they need to do. Like right. I bet that he's annoyed when it's five days, two negative tests. And then he's like, and I just got a new memo that it's 10 days. Like, like right. I think that really just crawls up his ass. Cause now you're, it's like us as the world, like throughout the member, like no masks, masks yeah. or yeah. contact, or it lives on 20 days on steel. So don't touch, you know, the steel counter and right. you know, if you get a package from UPS. It could have Corona. Oh, we, we don't know that. Maybe we were wrong. We said like, I think he has that sort of general frustration with the league right now, but I mean, I guess there's nothing he can really do about it except what we all do bitch a little bit behind the scenes. And maybe he complains to Linda over a glass of wine at night about, geniuses at the league or idiots at the league i'm sure he's complaining to somebody about this yes um, the thing that's not in his he likes to be in control of everything sort of what you're just saying and right. this he's not in control like he can't he, he's not a doctor as he said multiple times he can't yeah. make these decisions it's a medical decision and like you said it's he, he likes his things he, he plans for things when things get changed is when he sort of gets irritated Right. And, but he, I don't think you would ever hear a complaint within the building because he'll never give his team sort of an excuse like, right, oh, screwing us. There they go again. They don't know what they're doing. Like, I bet you within the building, he is very tight lipped and doesn't let his, his feelings get out. But I'm pretty sure he's not happy with the way this is going at this point. No. Uh, we get some breaking news from Adam Schefter on the Jets. They've been sent to him after a presumptive positive test. Um, Okay, another another thing. Yep. What's a presumptive positive test? I think they got the rapid test in the so morning. A test, though. Like, that's a positive test. Right. But then they're not as certain as the whatever. I don't know what the term is. The What's the term for not the rapid test? The P- PCR? PCR test. I think, like, those are the ones that they send to the lab and then get back at that night. So Right. No, I... This is another thing. I have so many issues with this. This is why I, I agree with Bill. His frustrations, I, I 100% agree with because there was a while there I was joking. Like, it seemed like a lot of teams were assuming false positives. Right. Waiting for the secondary. Like, you shouldn't be doing that. Otherwise, there's absolutely no point in those, those quick tests. Well, it's the same thing with the Saints last weekend when their player tested positive and then he got to the hotel and they're, they're testing all the players at midnight before the game and then he comes back negative and it's like, all right, you're good, you're playing. Right. It's yeah. The whole thing is a little wacky to me. And then even the, the thing that's bothered me, the, the, they consider a close contact less than six feet for more than 15 continuous minutes. And right. I'm like, I, like, as I, you know, annoyingly joke about, so if you're next to a guy for like 13 and a half minutes, then walk away and then come back for another 13 minutes, you're going to tell me you're not at close. you like, you were never in close contact. You're not at risk or anything. That's stupid. Like, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a epidemiologist, but I'm sorry. If I'm near a person for 26 total minutes that I find out has Corona, even if I broke it up into two 13 minute segments, I feel like there's a chance I now have Corona. Like that's just the re and then everything that went on in Kansas city. Oh, we have a separate plane, but then we're going to cram them all into the locker room together or cram them into the huddle together. Like, well, what was the point of the separate plane then? Like I just, right. I've grown frustrated with this whole thing. One other thing with the, the locker room, like, do you think, 
Like that Kansas City locker room is very small. Like no, I can understand why they're upset. They should be upset. That should and that shouldn't have been a Kansas City thing. Well, I was kind of thinking too. Like, isn't that like goes along with the like the lockers and the home locker room be six feet apart and all that? Like that doesn't apply to the road. Oh, it's stupid. It's the right. hypocrisy of the NFL. There has never been more hypocrisy because all they had to do was, I I think in less than three hours. I've never done it before. I bet you I could set up a large tent with heaters that could be used as an auxiliary locker room. Like, and they could have just changed in this big white tent, like one of those wedding tents. Well, not only that, but like there, there are no, there's not as many fans there, so they can use suites or anything like that. Like, there's plenty of space available. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a million answers, but I'm saying bare minimum, there has to be a rent a tent company near Arrowhead Stadium where I could have gotten heaters and whatever I needed to set up a makeshift locker room, so those 20 people on the plane that I've deemed high risk, close contact. Right could go in, change, get dressed, and go play a game. Showering, okay, bit of an issue. I'll figure that out on the fly. But right. I just – there had to have been a way you could have done that. And that's, that's what annoys me more than anything is this, like, make it up as you go. Did nobody think of that? Did nobody say – you know, the Chiefs guy, when it was some conference call in, like, June. Uh, by the way, we just have uh, our uh, visiting locker room very small. Like, what should we do? Right? Just right. ask the question. Now, you advise me. You're the league. Do I need a secondary locker room? Do I need tents? Do I need et- – not right. even, like, specific to the Patriots or these players. Like, whatever. You're right. You have all these protocols that guys have to be X feet apart, except we're putting 100 people in a 100 – I mean, a 1,000-square-foot locker room. Like, no, I think 1,000 we- square feet is a little – I think it's a little bigger than that. I mean, well, I- your number. Wasn't what? that your – didn't I read that in your blog? Yeah, because Florio said that. Okay, I'm just going by what I read Ryan Hannibal wrote on weei.com. Well, I said according to Mike Florio. And like, I don't know. I can't trust what I read anymore. I mean, a thousand square feet is very, very small. I was in that locker room last year, two years ago at the ASC title game. It's a little bigger than that, but it's, it's small. It's small. A thousand square feet, 50 by 20? That's pretty small. Yeah, it's very Although, small. I'm looking around my house, and my house is like 2,000 square feet, so the first floor would be a thousand square feet, like... This could be a locker or a small. Yeah. I don't know that it's wrong. It might not be wrong. I, I've, I just remember there being sort of like two areas. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's not properly socially distanced based no. on. No, no. But nothing is. It's like my argument that I've been making for weeks about Bill has to wear a mask on the sideline, but then Bill doesn't have to wear a mask in the locker room when he's doing his Bose Patriots.com post game video get up or whatever. Like it's so contradictory. It's just all. All right, I'm done. <laughs> I just am. I'm just done. There's a game Monday. We'll watch um, it. Let's just say Cam Newton cannot play. I think okay. it's pretty clear how we feel about this. Brian Hoyer should not be in consideration to start a quarterback. Well, if Cam Newton cannot play, we know that Brian Hoyer cannot play. So, therefore, the only guy left that I would like to play is Jared Stidham. Although I will continue to say, Jared Stidham has played five NFL drives and three of them have ended in interceptions. Two of them pick six interceptions. Not exactly a great choice in his own right. No, but and even the other one could have been an interception because on the touchdown drive, he threw an interception, right? Right. Boy, he's a turnover machine. Nathan Peterman 2.0. I mean, I think we've talked about this off air too. Like Stidham would benefit from like, he was sort of, it was, it was a weird week for him last week, more so than Hoyer. Like he was the scout team quarterback all week. And then on Saturday, he was the backup. And then Monday night at third quarter, he's the starter. So he wasn't prepared as well as he should have been to start that game. So I think this week, 
you know, him probably having more of a, you know, getting more, they're not practicing, but having a more of a, I don't know what you call it. Uh, his mentality is different this week than it is last week. He's being coached differently this week than he was last week. So he's being set up better to play this week than he was last week. Sure. And it's a, I guess, a lesser challenge. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's at home against the Broncos, and the other quarterback across the way is not Patrick Mahomes. They're not, you're not thinking, I got to score 30 points or we're going to get killed here in Arrowhead Stadium. Like, there's a different mentality, I would say. But I also don't love the idea of, oh, everything's got to be perfect and he's got to get the reps and he's got to get this. Like, nope, that's not the reality. Like, Justin Herbert, yep. right? He found out five minutes before, get out there, kid, we need to play ball. And you know what he did? He ran with it. And now Justin Herbert's the starting starter, right? Like, or, you know, Tom Brady back in 2001, like when opportunity knocks, you got to answer the damn door and you can't say, oh, well, you know, this and that. And I wasn't, I'm sorry, that's, life's not always fair and predictable and, and, and all that. So I would say I am becoming more dubious of Jarrett Stidham by the day. Um, maybe the biggest positive other than the, the touchdown pass, nice pass, but maybe the biggest positive I would take away. I liked how he handled his post game zooms. I think we mentioned this in the post game podcast, but at some point I need to like the, what I see on the field, the, the, the production yep. more than I have so far. And I, I'm not in love with what I've seen. Well, I think this is a sort of a, see what you have in Jared Sidham week too, because you would assume you know, if Newman can't play this week, he's probably going to be playing in the, against the 49ers because you have the bye week. This is presumably your last chance to sort of see what you have at Stidham. And maybe that – you don't want to base your future on one game, but, like, if he shows you something this week, maybe you say, hey, like, maybe he is potentially the guy because right now nothing really shows you that he hasn't much for future as the Patriots starting quarterback. But we do need to take into account – it doesn't matter what you think or I think or – everybody on Twitter, whatever, thinks. We know that Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, at least prior to Monday night, really like Brian Hoyer, right? They've proven it again and again. And if they aren't, if they look at that as some aberration, which I wouldn't, because to me, Brian Hoyer loses a lot of NFL games, turns the ball. lost 11 straight starts. I mean, like. make bad plays, too. That's what people have always looked past, and I've never understood. Turnovers, bad throws, risks, like. I mean, he's not the clean game manager you'd think him to be. Like, you watched him at training camp for the last however many years. He stinks. Uh, yes, I think that's fair. But they've watched him too. How come they don't see that? So, I, I don't. I don't eliminate them saying Brian Hoyer's our guy. They're, this is why Brian Hoyer's here. No, I mean they they brought they brought him back so many times. Clearly, they they see something in him. They, they I mean, he he does some things right. Otherwise, he wouldn't be on the roster. Yeah, but if you can't count on him to make the heady play, I can't count on him. And but I, the, my other, the flip, the reason I bring that up is because I think this is an important game. I don't think people look at this as an important game, but I think it's an important game in yeah. that these are the games you have to win that will separate you from middling, lower middling to okay, they're a playoff team. They're not the best team in the conference, but they're a true playoff team. If sort of like what we said against the Raiders, like that yeah. was. These will decide the season. It's not whether you hang tough against Seattle and Kansas City and Baltimore and these good teams. It's whether you beat the teams 
you're you want to believe you're better than. Right. I don't know if you are better than all those teams, but if you want to believe and prove you're better than these teams, you have to go out and show it. This is a one in three Broncos team with Brett Rippon at quarterback, Drew Locke coming off injury at quarterback. They have injuries to, you know, no fan. They're right. like receivers. Everybody's banged up. This is a game that almost regardless of who goes out there under center, you're supposed to win this game. You should, you're at home. Worst case scenario, whoever you think the worst quarterback is, say it's Brian Hoyer. If he goes out there at home against this team. You're supposed to win. You should win. You're supposed to win. You're still – like, it's – you know, when we pick games, how many times have you picked games over the years and you go, oh, two bad teams, just give me the home team. Right. Well, whatever – like, give me the Patriots. They should win this game. Right. Well, I think your point's valid, too, because let's just say that they, they lose this game. Then you're going into your bye week and you're two and three. You have the 49ers coming to town who are pretty good. And you're looking at, like, your, starter, your perspective on the whole season could potentially change with one loss. Right. And I don't know if some of that is, you know, do you blame that on, like, Cam Newton, COVID-19? Did it start like a weird snowball of negativity or, you know, hurdles or whatever? But you're in a, you're in a weird time right now because you got four games in, and we said it. Four, two and two after four, you're sitting pretty. You're fine. Yep. Everything's ahead of you. You could have been three and one. You probably should have been three and one, but you didn't right. do it. You didn't pull off the upset. You but showed that you're a decent team. You get your doors blown off by Kansas right. City or Seattle. Right. Yeah, I know you're a couple games behind the Bills, but you can still you could still easily win the division. You could still certainly make the playoffs. But now you gotta you gotta stay with that. Like if you give up a hiccup here or you know, if you all of a sudden give up this game and for whatever reason you weren't ready to play, the quarterback stinks. Okay, now you're two and three. Well, it's easy to say the 49ers could beat you. So now you're two and four. Uh oh, now you're starting to dig a hole. Now you now you're starting to right. like, then, then you play the Bills in a couple weeks. You're going up there like, oh, if we lose this game, we're not winning the division. Like it's right. It like you know how they say behind the chains after you get a penalty or a, yeah. that you'd start to be behind the chains of your season. Right now, it's first and ten. You're you're comfortable. You already got one first down. You've moved the ball a little bit. It's first and ten. Your playbook's open. To keep it open, I think you need to beat the Broncos you should beat the Broncos I think that's probably I mean Bill's not gonna have that message you know in the locker room but I think he knows like that they can't really lose sight yes it's been a not an ideal week it's not been an ideal a couple weeks but like on the field Monday night like put that aside like come to play and if you do your job you should beat this team but if they beat themselves then they could lose and again I thought last week was hellacious but this week it's a lot like it's an extended, I'd say, Thursday night game in that you can do whatever you want to do. Assuming you have no positive tests, you can practice tomorrow at Gillette Stadium, go as physical as you want to go, do, you know, squeeze in whatever you feel like you need to squeeze in. Right. You have the extra Zoom periods, which isn't ideal because I do think there are a lot of people, I know I would struggle, like, oh, yeah. Like, I need to go out there, do, go at least do a walkthrough and, like, think of it in a right. more real world way it's not like a Thursday game where they're not practicing but they are still doing walkthroughs and going through things right so there really are no excuses this week I'll give you all the excuses you want last week you you had excuses this week you're at home even if you're without Gilmore and Newton I don't give you any excuses you need to go out and beat the Broncos big boy win big boy win and you'd probably feel a little bit different if it were say you know Baltimore coming to town oh yeah but this is Denver. Like, they barely beat the Jets last Thursday night. Right. They've lost every, to every decent team they've played, and they barely beat the crappy team they played. Yes. So you're supposed to be at least a, a semi-decent team? 
Yes. Take care of business. Uh, any other thoughts on the team itself? Like, I guess speaking to the game, like we're not going to get into a game preview, like we said off the top, but like this could be another big Damian Harris running game week. Yes, I think he is. Once you get past getting to the game and the quarterback and Gilmore, Damian Harris might be one of the more intriguing guys. We have a couple more we'll get to, but um, the Broncos are giving up like 4.3 yards a carry. You can run on them a little bit. And Damian Harris, I liked what I saw. I, I like, we talked about this. I liked not just the big run, but finishing runs and, and sort of being physical and aggressive. And I just liked what I saw. You know, I just, if you asked me what I'd like to see in a young running back making his first really opportunity to play, it was the opposite of Stidham. Like Stidham, I didn't really love what I saw. I liked what I saw from Damian Harris, the, his old pal from youth football. Um, okay, I don't know if you've heard that. No, I, I haven't. It's kind of like the uh, Chris Hogan played lacrosse. I was thinking the same thing. Chris Hogan played lacrosse, and Damian Harris and Jared Stidham played youth football together. Um, so, yeah, he would be one of the talking points. But in front of him is also a talking point. Um, if we're going to take any – so the Patriots have been putting out injury reports all week, even though they haven't practiced and they're projected or whatever. Um, Shaq Mason and Isaiah Wynn continue to have calf issues. Shaq Mason missed the Monday night game. Now, if Isaiah Wynn is in consideration to maybe miss it, you've already had David Andrews on IR. You've been moving guys around. They've done a really nice job with it, but like sooner or later, you can't be moving guys around, you know, even more. Yeah. I mean, I think when you start saying multiple offensive linemen are out, multiple offensive linemen are moving to different spots. Usually that that's a you're talking about that in a bad way. It's yep. this is why the team lost. This is why they couldn't throw the ball. This is why they couldn't pass the ball. So another challenge for Damian Harris, where if he does perform well, if there's some movement in front of him, James Ferentz could be at center again. I mean, yep. I have no idea. Michael Onwenu could be at left tackle since he seems to be just making his way through the entire offensive line early in his career. Um, so there's a challenge there with injuries. And then the other thing I would say based on the injury report is. Um, the continued viewing of, of Julian Edelman, is he hurt? What, you know, he's on the injury report. I mean, I, you said it like last week. He's going to be on the injury report all year. Yes. And some of that, I think, is he's old and he's banged up. Some of that, I think, is to make sure no one really gets a, a bead on whether is he really hurt, is he just banged up this week. Right. Um, for all I know, he gets veteran time off during the week, as he probably should. But the question is, is the – is the health, whatever's wrong with him, is that affecting his play? Is that a reason for the high drop percentage? Is he thinking about contact? Is he thinking about his body? Because, you know, to me, like, remember when we talked about Cam Newton? Oh, they should not have him run as much. Well, if he's not going to run, I don't want Cam Newton because it's a big part of his game. Right. And I would say this, if, if Julian Edelman can no longer be the ballsy, gutsy, you know, do it at all costs, take the physical hit, do whatever it needs to be done, well, then what is he? Like, if he suddenly is a diva wide receiver who is avoiding contact and getting down and worried about where – well, then, I mean, I've lost what made him good. Right. right. So and, – and that was the talking point this week. We, you know, we talked about it a little earlier. Like, Romo made excuses for him. Keyshawn Johnson on our station made excuses for him. Like, oh, that was a hospital ball, and that's not on him. And, well, I'm sorry, he's made a career catching hospital balls. That, like, that's what he is. But you would so, think you have to do it even more so without Tom Brady at quarterback. Like – Yes, there's more of a potential for that, especially if it's 
Cam Newton, Jared Stidham, Brian Hoyer. I, I mean, you need to rely on him. But we've seen with the reps, he's, he's their third receiver in terms of reps every single week. It's Demir Bird and Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman's an afterthought. So I don't know if that's managing him, managing through a specific injury, managing through he's just old at this point. You know, he's Danny Amendola now, and you know you can't, you know, lean yeah. on him type thing. Um, but the Patriots have some injury considerations beyond just the COVID-19 reserve list. Do you think – like? I, mean, I was just thinking with Edelman, like, you could ask him the question about the drops, but I don't think you'd ever get an honest answer from him. Like, you know, like are you dropping more balls because your right eye doesn't open fully? Is that a depth perception problem? I mean, because that's, that's the thing. No one's asked him about it, but that's a thing. But also, like, the question needs to get asked, but, like, at the same time, it's like, you're not going to get an answer, so why even ask? You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I know, especially but... With, especially with him, you're not going to get any insight, like... Unfortunately, we lost, for this week anyway, his um, visit with Greg Hill show in the morning on our station, where maybe he could throw that out there, like just almost flippantly, but like you're kind of throwing the hook out there to see if any fish bite it. <laughs> right. That's honestly, it's probably the setting that you would actually get some insight into it, but right. probably not regardless. Yeah. Like, you know, Halloween's coming. Are you, uh, are you going as a pirate with one eye closed, matey? <laughs> Like, I don't know how, but I feel like somebody eventually needs to ask him why his one eye is always closed. Maybe you can do it. I don't want to. <laughs> Maybe you can fill in for Greg Hill and throw it out there. Uh, yeah, I don't feel like that would go very well. I feel like he'd hang up. Mm, it's probably close. I, I don't and think he'd take it right. I'm at the center of a controversy, and I don't know if I need that right now. Um, anything else you want to hit on about the game, Patriots? Or? Um, well... Just one thing I would like to hit on based on last night, Tom Brady. I was going to um, get that. Yeah. And not Tom Brady as much as – seemed like a lot more penalties in that game last night. Uh, one of those drives in the third quarter was borderline, like, unwatchable. So was that a specific crew, a specific game? Because all we've talked about through the first month is how great it's been that flags are down. Right. And then I saw – like, I saw a questionable hold early on, I think, on – maybe the Tampa center. And like, yep. I don't want to start seeing those. I don't want to be seeing questionable holds in the offensive that line. That drive for Tampa in the third quarter, I think it was, it was like when, the, when they had like first and 30. Yeah. There, yeah. Was a, there was a flag on like every play. And that ruins, ruins football. Absolutely. Like that, those were two, three and one teams, right? Going into the game. That game yep. was unwatchable at some points. Well, to be fair, the Bucks have been a penalty uh, mess all year. Well, because look at their head coach. Ooh, shot at Bruce Arians. Ooh, probably well-deserved. It's not wrong. No, it's not wrong. Um, I just – hopefully that's not like we played four weeks and the NFL – We got, got a memo saying, like, we gotta, you guys are missing all these calls. Yeah, I hope that's not the case. I hope this was a one-off. It, and it wasn't – some of them were – I mean, the left tackle or, what, it, like, he had a false start a couple times. Like, some of them you have to call. But there were – there was at least one pass interference call I didn't like. Like, there were more ticky-tacky holds and passing. And, nope, don't need ticky-tacky. Let them play. Let them play. Right. It could have just been a one-off Thursday night. Usually those games had more penalties. Right. you don't want to see this becoming a trend. I don't. And especially, like, a Patriots team that's going to run the ball a lot and has a mixed-up offensive line and young offensive linemen, don't start bogging things down with, oh, the – Michael Onwenu's hands were outside the shoulders. Right. Like, I don't want to see those holds at all. Right. Um, so you wanted to talk about uh, the bigger picture Brady thing? Yeah, I think that he's uh, 
maybe realizing that he misses Bill Belichick a little bit? Uh, why? Just because he didn't know what down it was on the final critical well, play? Of the well, game. that, as you pointed out, who was who is the ex-player? Darius Butler? Former teammate Darius Butler. Pointed out that on that play that everybody's talking about that maybe the coaching staff was confused with how many downs were because nobody ran routes that were going to get a first down? Yeah, I, I do think there's a chance the coaching staff was part of the problem. Byron Leftwich, to, first of all, I'm always um, – I always wonder sometimes if the ex-players are as attuned to details maybe as some of the non-players are, and that's just a, an emotional thing. Do they get caught up in the competitive nature and miss it? You know, somebody said because they spiked the ball, it's really easy to lose track of the downs in those situations. And, and that may be true, but it's Tom freaking Brady. Like, again, it's, it's like the, the rich man's version of Brian Hoyer. Like, we know he's starting to age. Maybe he doesn't make the throws he used to, but if he now can't keep track of how many downs there are in the final drive of the game, then, then what are we doing here? Like, right. what he's supposed to have you know, oozing out of him is that type of leadership and that, you know, he stays calm in those situations. And there's no, I mean, when you saw his face, he was stunned that the drive was over. Like he had no idea, absolutely no idea. And Bruce Arians can lie to me and Brady can tiptoe through it. Uh, we should get into um, the Tampa reporters refuse to ask questions of Tom Brady or like it's embarrassed. Like I have to now apologize to some of our reporters who I thought were embarrassing over the years because Tampa's taking it to a new level. You know, I believe the guy said something to the effect like, you know, obviously you knew what down it was or something like, like, can we ask a question and not lead the witness and give him the out? Right. Like, what are we doing here? Um, but yeah, like they're still now, most of it was vintage Tom Brady. Oh, he's yelling at people. That's what Tom Brady does. He gets he, mad. Like, right. I mean, he's saying like to, he got mad at the Houston game last year. He blew, he had one of those outbursts on the sidelines. Like that's just last year. Like he's been doing this. All, this he does it all the time. He's a competitive a hole. I mean, yeah, and I don't. It's, say not, that it's, not, a, it's not a bad thing. No, you know who else was a competitive a hole? Kobe Bryant. You know who else is a competitive a hole? Bill Belichick. You know who else is a competitive a hole? Um, Dustin Pedroia. Like lots of guys that are really successful. You have to be an a hole. You have an extra gear of drive past the other nice guys. You ever hear nice guys finish last? Well, on the field, I don't think Tom Brady's a nice guy. I think he's a competitive a-hole, and I'm fine with that. I want my quarterback to be a competitive a-hole on the field, right? Like that's nothing like the outburst of whatever the center's name is, Ryan Jensen or whatever. Jensen, like, yeah. That, that happened all the time in England. He called his offensive linemen a bunch of fat cows during a practice once. He screamed it, and they were pissed, but that's what he does. And I think he apologized, and they made good later. But whatever. like. Right. He's emotional. Like, I've watched mic'd up stuff where he, he apologizes in advance to the referee for, listen, I know I'm going to be yelling at you later, and I'm probably going to be kind of an a-hole. I don't really mean it. It's just how I get during game. Like, he right. apologizes for being an a-hole, right? Like, and then the, the shaking of the hands thing with everybody's making a big deal of that with Foles, like, I, I don't care. I really don't. It's not I, don't I don't care at all. Um, now, my thing was, oh, now he's adhering to protocols? Like, after his captain's practices all summer, now he's, well, you know, we're not supposed to go see players after games. Right. Patrick Mahomes had a lapse in judgment the other night when he did it. I don't want to do the same thing. It's a right. bad look. Like, um, it's not a big deal. It was funny watching the video, and I don't know if Nick Foles was actually looking for Brady, but there's video of him, like, standing out there like, like a little boy looking for his mother at the mall right. when he realizes right. he's gone, like – 
Nick Foles is a weird dude. He really yes. is. Like, in a lot of ways, he's terrible. Like, I think he stinks. Uh, his throw last night where he missed the guy deep when he was, like, 20 yards away from where he actually was was one of the worst throws I've seen for an NFL quarterback. Unreal. Unreal. And yet he has one of the great Super Bowls in the history. You know, beat Tom Brady, that whole thing. He sometimes seems like he has no confidence, although people like to pretend he has confidence because he's got a big you-know-what. The, yeah. the What do they call that? The BDE or something? BDE? big blank energy or something he's got like he's a very curious character he really is and he talked about how emotional it was for him you know after last year in Jacksonville and now he's back playing and he's a he's a strange he almost retired that year he stinks first of all I think he stinks I think he flat out stinks but I don't know he's 2-0 in those games against Tom Brady that Tom Brady doesn't shake his hands afterwards that's a fact and Gronk looks terrible it um it actually makes me sad it like really he, it's like he's like walking on eggshells like he's worried about getting hit the wrong way or like doing something like he just doesn't seem like it's not fluid it's just it's weird to it's hard to watch it is hard to watch because we talked about this on on Dale and Keith yesterday you know were you planning on rooting for Brady and how's that going do you feel different and I said for me it's Gronk like I I like Gronk a lot and I was rooting for Gronk I was hoping Gronk would have not a crazy year, but like, you know, eight touchdowns and right. be like, be that big red zone guy that we all thought. There's just nothing there. Like I, it's, it's, I said, it's like the cliche, Oh, Willie Mays in a, what was it? A Mets uniform yeah. or Joe yeah. Namath in a Rams unit. Like it's Gronk in a Bucks uniform. It's sad. And even though it's probably not all that far off from what he was in 18 here, oh. but it's just sad to watch because I was hoping it was going to be a bounce back and it's right. Like he had the year off, he'd be rejuvenated. He's you know more healthy and it's kind of, I see, nothing. Thing. I see nothing. It's sad. It really, even he can't even do like, they were talking about Jimmy Graham had a touchdown. They were talking about, this is what he's relegated to. He, he still got the great hands. He can still body up a guy. Like you don't even have that coming. Nope. from Like Mike Evans is their red zone guy. Like it's not Gronk. Yeah. It's kind of sad. And they have these other tight ends making plays. Right. Guys I've never even heard of. with O.J. Howard out for the year, Cameron Brait was their most productive tight end last night. But there was another guy making plays. Like, he ran a couple slants, and he had a couple quick, like, first down catches. I forgot his – I don't even know his name. But Gronk is just like a a forgotten, sad nobody down there. All right. uh, We'll be back uh, post-game podcast probably, uh, I don't know, Tuesday-ish. Um. Yeah, maybe we'll try to squeeze it in Monday night. If not, it'll have to be after I do radio on Tuesday. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll get to you at some point. Well, it's COVID times. Things aren't going to be ideal. Things are not perfect. Nope. And I, I, I guess the point that I forgot to make just with this COVID stuff and players, like I go back to Matthew Slater after the game. We signed up for this. Like, right. I think that people aren't really realizing that, like that everything expecting to be perfect. Like, the players signed up for this. They realize it. They, they signed up for things not to be perfect. Did they sign up to travel to Kansas City on the day of the game? No, probably not. But they signed up to have weeks like this where it's not perfect. Right. No, and that, But to me, that's the difference. Like, this is a reasonable um, alteration of the schedule, the norm, whatever. You're in a pandemic. Last week, I thought, was above and beyond what should have been expected. And then – just real quick, we've heard rumblings. I don't know how all of this works about, like, if games aren't played, you don't get paid kind of yep. stuff. Like, if, if the Titans are in trouble and 
and I'm their opponent, I don't get paid. What, what yeah, did I do? Why yeah. am I not getting paid this week? And I told you now, Peter King poo pooed this idea when I asked him, I told you, I think some of that has to do with the way they're handling this money and game checks and not wanting to have a week 18 because who gets paid. And then the teams that are buys for the playoffs, they have an extra week off and all these other things. I think money is a, in TV contracts. Do we make extra money if we give them extra weeks of TV? Like, yep. I think there's a lot of money involved with some of this and decision makings there, but you're right. The big picture, it's the same for all of us. You can't really bitch about anything. Like whether it's your kids, your job, your whatever, we're all living in a pandemic. Everything after that, if you understand that simple fact, just accept it. All right. We'll talk to you at some point next week. Uh, hopefully there's no more COVID tests, positive tests, and hopefully everything goes off as planned because as of now they're playing Monday night, but that's always subject to change. And hopefully Brian Hoyer doesn't play. Bye. Peace out. Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.